0: You look so cute with your hair. All right, let's start with the panel. It's the branding panel. We have questions, but we're going to start with. Can you introduce yourself sure. first?
1: Sure. Uh, Big Irish Jay Hollingsworth. No. You want anything else? <laughs> I mean, is there. You want more? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, what a comic. Started in Boston. Was in Seattle for about five years. Moved to LA about five years ago. Uh, wrote on a game show. Do a lot of stuff with. Uh, Formerly Russell Simmons, all deaf digital. Now just all deaf. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, met this guy at the uh, Bay Area Black Comedy Competition, where he was a finalist one year. I was a finalist one year. Only white guys in the finals. Should I keep rambling? Are you guys ready for me to stop talking? All right, go ahead.
2: Corey, go ahead. Tell first. I'm just mesmerized. I thought he was going to tell us how big his dick was and everything. Jesus Christ. When a giant talks, you listen. You're like, yes, sir. Fuck yes. Uh, I'm Corey, the guy that looks like me. That's Chad. We're the Smash Brothers. Uh, we're going on 15, 16 years in stand-up comedy. We were fortunate to uh, tour for a decade with Ralphie May and learn how to do drugs and tell jokes at the same time.
3: <laughs> uh, Matt Reif. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio. Lived in LA the past six years. Been doing stand-up for seven and a half years. Done a bunch of MTV shit I'm not proud of. uh, um, uh, tour with a bunch of great comics like Ralphie and stuff so a lot of really cool mentors and uh, yeah known these guys for fucking ever Yep. So there we go. So we're going
0: to do this. Uh, let me start with some questions. And if you guys have anything, just feel free to, to pepper in so it's hard. So let me ask you this, because uh, there's so much competition. There's so many comics that you got to be. When do you think, let me ask you this, when do you think it's a good time for a comedian to start branding themselves? When they should start doing that?
1: Um... I remember when I was I was probably a year in and I had a website because I, I used to work in the tech uh, industry before stand-up and I had a year a website like probably a year in. I remember there was like a veteran comic in the area that was like shitting on me. He was they were like, get an act before you get a website. And I was like, well, that's an interesting way to greet a new comic. Um, but I, I don't I would say, um, I mean, you want to brand yourself, I would say start branding yourself as soon as you can. Like if you have a thing. That you can brand yourself with, I would say, get on it immediately. As far as when to have it was when to have a website. Was that the original question?
3: No, <laughs> no you brought up no. the website. No, Jesus no. Christ! You I'm named so it. hungover, guys. Yeah. All right,
2: we seen that website. It was fucking garbage. Yeah, it's thanks. <laughs> well, no, but you should probably problem. start branding yourself when you figure out what you're doing. If you're still mm-hmm. doing shows with four people at a coffee shop and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Save your time and your money at GoDaddy, because you're just wasting your shit. No one's going to visit your shit but your nine friends, so no one gives a fuck.
3: Yeah, you don't want to brand yourself as the person who doesn't know what they're doing.
2: But once you figure out your set, and you're ready to conquer, and go out and start touring your 10, 15, whatever, however many minutes you are, then brand yourself. you got yourself a character, a gimmick. You go out there, get you a logo, get you a website, all the shit that you need. Social media is highly important. We've been banned on social media. I can't even tell you how many times, fucking a million times we've been kicked off social media. Uh, for getting crazy on there. So that's what it's about, testing limits and branding yourself, I'd say.
1: Make sure your calendar has shows that are shows, not like you can catch me at the open mic at the Circle K on 42nd tomorrow and make sure it's actual shows, I'd say.
2: Hey, they had good weed at that show. (laughs) I have nothing to say. I'm hungover. Next question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, let me ask, though, because it is interesting, though. Like, you were saying, like, get a logo. And, and, and But it's hard because you're trying to find out what you're about, and you're trying to... Oh, well,
2: you're going to change logos. We've changed uh, designs and logos, fuck, five, six times. We've changed websites. We've... Uh... Like I said, we've been kicked off uh, Twitter, Instagram. We've been banned. We've had to start over, start new
3: handles, and get it going. How is your not? How is your logo not just a fleshlight at this point? Hilarious.
2: <laughs> yeah, like it looks like uh, just squirting fucking milk or something out of it. Nah, but you gotta you gotta brand yourself and figure out who you are, what's your what's your voice gonna be. Everybody's got their own gimmick. If you're, you know, uh, low and calm on stage, then you got your own. Pizazz, you know, we're high energy. So we come with high energy shit. You got to have merchandise too. And you got to have like tags and it, it, everything comes together though. This shit isn't going to happen overnight. We thought it was. I remember the first time we sold out of improv, I told my brother, I go, God damn, we're going to make it. Fuck. We're still, <laughs> we were still eating Top Ramen for six years after that. Mm. You know, so it's a long process in this business. You're not going to make it overnight. And if you do, hey, God fucking bless you. The rest of us are still running alongside you. And, uh, and this is a marathon. This isn't a get there the quickest. This yeah. is, let, let's all take That's our time and jog and keep our rhythm and, and learn from each other. Like this weekend, I've learned more shit from these people in this goddamn room. The the show has actually been The Green Rooms. Yes. I've been fucking dying. Oh, dude. I, the, the, <laughs> the shenanigans from you filthy cocksuckers is hilarious. Yeah. I've been dying.
1: I, just, I was just going to say, piggybacking off what you said, some advice I got a long time ago that I thought was great is it's not about home runs. It's about base hits. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about, you know. Uh, starring in in a a movie. It's about, like, you know, you get a gig uh, hosting a game show, maybe. And then you get uh, this other gig where you're, like, on a panel show, and it builds up. You know, you just start filling up your resume.
2: To us, branding starts, though, when you get hired at a club Your branding, actually, with that club owner is how you act. How much booze you're fucking drinking on that guy's tab. You're bringing five friends with you. You have an entourage. You're you're cutting up. You're complaining about everything. I got news for you. If you're here this weekend and you're complaining about shit, I wouldn't expect to be here next year.
1: Right. Because
2: we don't need that shit. It's positive. It's building up to something great. And you got to polish up the corners to have the ball roll. And that's what we're all doing. And if you've been in this business for a long time, you've stayed in a shit hotel. My brother and I stayed in s- uh, s- shitty hotels where we had to leave the fucking lights on to keep the cockroaches from going up the walls. <laughs> Hasbro kites, New Jersey, bananas. Thank you. <laughs> so, Shout out. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But we didn't complain. We didn't call the club. We didn't, we didn't call anybody. That. The only thing we did was is we rolled up in our fucking sheet, and we just laid there like mummies in the <laughs> same bed. I'm like, fuck it, we got the same DNA. We we can cut off. It do no matter. <laughs> That's
0: funny. Let me ask this, because this is for for everyone here. Does anyone have a question on logo or, or branding or, or anything at all? Is there any? You do. Yes, sir. What uh,
2: specific things can you do to brand besides like, dress a certain way?
3: Um, if you can, if you can have like a strong jawline and cheekbones, <laughs>
1: that uh, unintentionally works. Fuck fantastic. you.
3: <laughs>
1: I remember. I, I was gonna say that this kind of piggybacks to you when you were talking about like you'll change and stuff. I remember when I—I I know you're probably are gonna <laughs> fucking hate this. When I met Matt, he was—he uh, was. You were what? Like fucking. You started when you were like 16, 17,
3: 15. But I met you. 15. We'll 16. 16.
1: All right. Man. He's at the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition in Oakland. 16, killing it. And he's, he was the Justin Bieber of comedy. Uh, I fucking yes. I was like. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> 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 whatever you do. I'm like, I'm like, God, I hope he holds on to this till he's like 35. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Well, I was going to wait till he OD'd. Uh, kind of, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we met Matt. We were in Ohio. We were with Ralphie. And I remember he he came up to Ralph. And Ralph met him through social media or whatever. And Ralph goes, hey, this kid's going to do a guest set. When I heard kid, I wasn't expecting a real fucking kid. Yeah. This guy was a barely had his shit together. He was 15 years old, and but he had the guts to go up to a headliner, introduce himself, <laughs> social media, and then he built a relationship with Ralphie to where when we came through his town, Ralphie threw him spots. I think it was the Funny Bone. Or uh,
3: yes, Funny Bone. Funny Bone. Ligo, and then
2: uh, he got up at the Funny Bone, and, and then afterwards, he hung out on the bus, and some of that shit's hush-hush because he was a minor at the time, but it was a party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and I was yeah. going to say to your thing, like, for me, with uh, with Brandon, like the one of the reasons I, I went by starting out went by Big Irish J is because my last name's Hollingsworth and like uh, some people pronounce it Hollandsworth, or Hollenworth and you like if I'm like hey go to my website or I'm at J Holland people fuck up the spelling and everything so I'm like look. I'm big, I'm Irish, I'm Jay, it's a it, visual thing too, it's easy. Someone's like, oh, where are you at? I'm like, big Irish Jay, just think you, you saw me. Unfortunately, there's Big Jay O'Kerson, which then fucking, I'm like, no, he was the first Big Jay, I give him respect. You know, it's fucking. And he wears gloves. He wears Yeah, gloves, yeah exactly. Good. And he's great. Big also Jay's branded, great, good dude. Gloves. Yeah, exactly yeah big big,, uh, big J's great. But there's
2: ways to answer your question. It's not just logos. It's how you carry yourself, get you a business card, get you things like that. They got uh, GoPrint and all these different websites. You know, once you get your shit together, there's things you can hand out to the audience after the shows to have them follow you. Yeah. so and then give them stickers. little like look at the cl- look at the festival. All this shit is things that are gonna hang around your house for a while. Coozy cups, bracelets that your kids and your dog's going to choke on and shit like that. <laughs> all of this stuff is things that are actually going to last for a while. They're not going to bust on you. So save your money and invest on things that are worthwhile. We've sold everything from panties to sex shot glasses, toys to shot glasses, uh, condoms, uh, you name it. We've sold it. We're like the kiss of fucking comedy. you got to sell shit. If yep. you're not going to sell, believe it. If you think you're going to make money in all these clubs, you're in the wrong business. So what's been your best seller uh, sex toys and panties yeah <laughs> panties and and uh, condoms and, uh, and and if you have a good t-shirt like a catchphrase a uh, punchline yes. that's a good you will destroy <laughs> this, this <asshole>. guy <laughs> this motherfucker he does our show in March. our show he does our show and he sells $1000 worth of fucking merch in One day, <laughs> and it was a march. So it, was, it was a, a big St. Patrick's. He's Irish. It said uh, uh, it worked. But the point was, he capitalized on a hot show. He brought his shirt he made a thousand dollars. Yeah, we went.
1: Uh, I used to do. Well, I still do the joke, but I don't sell this shirt anymore. But I talk about. Uh, in a movie, this this director was like, ah, oh, in the movie we may have you go shirtless, and I was like, shirtless, dude, I don't even fuck shirtless, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a shirt that just said my sex shirt, and then <laughs> and the X the X was a four leaf clover. So I was like, ah, oh, you get lucky, blah blah blah, and it was green with white, so it was like perfect. For but you'll come days. up with a
2: creative thing, and it, you won't it won't even be intentional. So if you're trying to strive to come up with that, it'll happen organically. Just you know, yeah. we we came up with the punchline, uh, we don't make the rules, Jesus does. That was something we were fucking throwing away throwing it away all the time and then when people kept repeating it to us that's when you know when you do a set and you the the crowds repeating your punchline to you before you can even get it out you're on to something don't just fucking breeze over that record your set with your iPhone everyone's got an audio uh, you can you can um, record your uh, set just the the verbal uh, shit on it and I said it on the stool I'm not looking at it, but I record the set. Is it high quality? No, but it's enough for when you're driving home from your gig, you listen to that shit, and you're like, "Oh, I was good. I was bad. I should've cussed. I didn't cuss. Whatever the case may be," and then you can come up and be creative and go, "Oh my gosh, that could turn into a T-shirt." Then you call your buddy, our buddy's Mark. He can design stuff. We have him design our T-shirt. We print them up. We give it a. You do a test run of something. If it starts selling, you know you're onto something. But don't. I wouldn't say. Brainstorming too hard onto it, it'll happen organically, and you'll be selling shit, and you'll be making more money on merchandise than you did at the show. And that's yeah, absolutely. It's that's 100%. yeah, absolutely, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, absolutely, and piggybacking off that, and also compliment to these guys. Actually, all of us do it, but uh, uh, so Corey and Chad are known as fucking like you said, you're like the like rock stars. You fucking, they everybody knows that they party, they get hammered, they, all that shit, right? But at the end of the show. They. That's not where the the first thing they do. They they wait for every person to come out. They thank every person that yeah. comes there, and that's that's huge. Like uh, I remember a club owners talking about at the end of a show, they look at who are the comics that are saying thank you to the audience, and who are the comics that are over at the bar or trying to get pussy. Excuse my language. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're saying all this other shit. I I don't know. Fuck. I, I'm yes. fucking hung over. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like so. So make sure you're thanking. I mean, fuck, the people are paying money to see you. Thank those people, and that's also where you're handing out. You should, hey, man, thanks for coming. Here's my card. You can follow me on this. I really appreciate you coming out. Um, I saw Joe Rogan do a three thousand seat theater, and he was there. Uh, I was with another comic, and we went and got something to eat. Came back. He was there three hours, yeah. thanking every person that came through there. You know. Yeah.
3: Some yeah. comics will even do uh, Polaroids of people after the show and sell them that, which is a really shitty. Yeah, thing don't fucking do like sell that. your picture. Your
1: own pictures, don't sell your fucking picture.
2: I'll give a fuck what you sell. You can sell shit out of your hotel room. Thank you. Sell anything.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did you guys have anything that you regret? Was there anything that you regret that you put your
1: face on or name to? There's oh.
2: shows we regret <laughs> doing. <laughs> yeah, you
1: just I, said it. What? No, I was gonna say, oh, you the I was gonna say there's a video we did for all deaf. The fucking
3: yeah! Don't do all content.
1: (laughs) Like, not
3: all uh, exposure is good exposure. You can say no. It's okay to say no no to
2: shit. Like, you have to say no. You know, there's certain things. You know,
3: do things that fit you. Like, if if the shit's gonna be funny to you, do it. But if if someone's forcing you to do it, you're like, this isn't gonna be good. But it's like, it might be some looks. (laughs) You don't have to do that shit. You don't really don't have
1: to. Matt and I were we again for all deaf. they, uh, the director of talent or whatever, approached us and was like, hey, will you do this video? It's, it's uh black, it, the videos, there was two videos. Black people watch Friends for the first time, and white people watch Martin for the first time and we're both like dude we've fucking probably seen every episode of martin and he was like ah just you know you know just be funny we'll act like you hadn't seen it so we're fucking being comics we're shitting on like the the, the show and all the comics are like these white racist pieces of shit they don't know our culture fuck these motherfuckers it was the funniest something shit. that was supposed to be so innocent yeah. like fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> So just
3: think of all the repercussions, especially <laughs> yeah. in 2018, where everybody's fucking yeah. Sensitive. Oh. So sensitive. Yeah, everybody's so sensitive.
0: So, like the big no-nos, I got like anything like sexual or. or...
2: Yeah, yeah, well, you, you got to be careful. Get... Listen, we, we, you know, yeah, I get high. I don't take pictures, get smoking. I don't post shit. That's just us. That doesn't mean that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that when we're smoking, it's outside after the show. I don't go fucking taking pictures of me smoking a fucking blunt. That's some people. They want to market themselves like that. Great. We already have a tough enough time. We're Jews. We look like we're fucking Hitler's youth. We already have problems. We already got problems.
1: Wait, you're Jews? We are yes. Jews.
2: <laughs> That's right. I got credit cards. I can this buy is a, over. I could go, go buy a TV and a car right goddamn now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean. You, you had a number of
2: logos. Correct, yeah. You, and, and the logos changed.
3: Why change What happened?
2: When the shirt stopped selling, like, right? Like, yeah. So like merchandise goes in waves, like, uh, and then we'll bring back what you know, a retro shirt that we did ten years ago. That's what the good thing is. You just keep those PDFs of your of your logos and you want to morph and change. Some people keep the same logo forever and that's great. Like Coca-Cola is the same same logo forever. But in comedy, I think it's important uh, if you do change up your or rebrand yourself because after a while you're going to have to rebrand. You've ran the fucking course as long as it's going to run. Gigs will slow down. You could be at the top of the mountain and next thing you know, something happens, and you get knocked down. You got to pick yourself back up for us. And this is very humbling. And we're not saying this to throw it out there, but when Ralphie died, Ralphie May died, my brother and I, we went from working 45 weeks a year all over the country going, oh, shit, we've got 12 weeks on the calendar. We have mortgages. We have cars. We may look like filthy savages, but we're actually real calm people off stage. We, our whole lives were upside down. So what did we do? We went back. We contacted all the markets we did with Ralphie for a decade. Luckily, I kept the spreadsheet the whole time. We did every little club, every theater. I kept the spreadsheet, and I contacted everybody. I sent them a video package of us. I sent of our them our Showtime, showtime special, our, our first comedy special, uh, the game shows, We all the shit that we did. I sent them a little sizzle reel, sent them a bio. What happened? We picked up work. And so we went from having 12 weeks of work when Ralphie died. Now we're back up to 38 weeks. And we're almost back to where we were. But what happened? We had to rebrand ourselves. And we took advantage of those times. And all the education Ralphie may taught us of being on the road, it wasn't just, uh, it was, they call it show business. business. There's a business with the fucking show. There's you know, merchandise. There's how you act on, off stage, how you deal with that club. Uh, not ordering too much in the green room and partying your ass off. A lot of times we'd bring our own. Party to the green room. That way, they're like, "Fuck," they brought their own beer, you know. And so, you got to think about all those things. And and what we learned from Ralphie, and this is something you guys can all take from, is take advantage of all those gigs you get, the shit ones, the good ones, the ones in between, and learn from that. Network, talk to each other, be pleasant. Don't be an asshole. You're no fucking superstar. Even when you're a superstar, you're a nobody. You're just you could be easily replaced. And we know that. We understand that. We've been humbled. We got r- extremely humbled to go from not worrying about buying a hamburger to going, oh, fuck, I'm going to go cha- turn in this change. You know, your, yeah. our life changed overnight. Yeah. And no one gave a fuck. We thought all these people and Ralphie's camp and everything, everyone was going to take care of us. Fuck no. The whole camp just imploded. Everything, life, Ralphie's whole estate was just up, upside down. So for us... We learned a lot to where we were like, we depended on Ralphie, but at the same time, we learned and we gathered information. So, if you're lucky and fortunate to tour with somebody, learn take, from them. Thank you, Chad. And learn from everything that's going on. The all business side, too. Like, it's, it's show business for a reason, you know. And my voice is fucked up because I've been killing it all weekend. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds
1: so different. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I forgot what I said, you prick. Oh, business. I'm just saying business side, because Ralph, you know, at the end, he would be like, you guys go handle my, we would handle the merch, but we would go and... S- handle the business of him getting paid and that's a whole nother level if you're a feature act and you know you're making two grand or whatever the fuck you make headline in some club we saw it on a whole nother level Three thousand people at a theater you have to pay 20 percent to fucking on soft merchandise hard merchandise there's so much to this business until you go on a tour you do not fucking understand until you're there and you're paying a theater back money because you sold so much fucking merchandise there's so much to that branding you know and, and having the merch and then and when you run out of the merch and getting more, there's just so much to the business. Pay attention. If you get to go on the road, ask questions, take pictures, and lots of videos. And, and I mean that, like ask questions more than you ever could. This kid was 15, 16, asking questions for hours after the show. We were yeah, when he was on the tour. Annoying. Yeah, and he got on the tour bus, though, and it was. it. It was good to us because he's asking Ralphie a bunch of questions. He was a 15-year-old young man uh, striving to be in this business, and he was throwing questions at Ralphie, and Ralphie took his time when we were in Ohio and answered anything and everything, met his whole family, the whole fucking deal. Now look at Matt. Matt Matt's living in L.A. His whole life has changed. This young man's been in the business for under a, under a decade, and he's made money. He's been on TV. So dreams and shit does happen but you got to put yourself in those situations no one's going to make this shit happen for you you're not mm-hmm. going to meet some magic fucking person here this weekend that's going to change your whole life and if that happens goddamn, you're lucky and make sure you introduce them to us you motherfuckers
0: <laughs> <laughs> let me ask i have two questions right here let's start with ben let's first
1: with for one sec because yeah. at Southside a long time ago and people lined up sure to buy his merchandise. was that a generic thing with him or did he you know after a while sort of learn how to do that and sort of
2: torture you guys. Uh, well, in the beginning, uh, Ralph wasn't selling a bunch of merchandise uh, and then Ralphie turned into where this fucking guy was selling he more was shit. Barbecue sauce and fucking seasoned oh, salt and shit. Yeah. Like Ralphie literally sold everything and he told us if that guy's got five bucks, find something on the table that's five bucks and fucking get rid of it. Make as much money as we can because we're not going to come back here for a year. And be creative with your pricing. Say your shirts are... Twenty bucks, but this weekend you're selling some stickers or some koozie cups, right? So now you're doing twenty bucks. You can do fifteen dollars shirt, five dollar koozie. Now you just sold two two things for twenty bucks, but you're getting rid of your product, and your product is staying in the town, and you are moving on. And it's important
3: because yeah, it's not just about the money. Like they're gonna take that shit home and show their friends. Now, they're gonna yeah, go home and lift you up. It's just one. getting your name out there. Yeah,
2: that's what we learned, you know. And it wasn't just. We uh, used to tour with Carlos Mencia. He used to he used to do thumb drives. So he'd record. He'd mic the whole theater, mic the whole improv wherever we were. He'd mic the whole shit hours before the show started, in the audience and on the stage. Then he'd have this big tower. It had ten thumb drives. After the show, he had his people that worked with him. They're burning thumb drives. And then you would buy that night's performance for twenty dollars. And then whatever you didn't sell, no problem. You copy right back over those same thumb drives to the next town. Genius shit, you know. And this guy was making a fortune cash uncle sam what you know yeah <laughs> ben what was yours uh
0: mine was uh it seems with branding like branding is kind of like what your audience looks like like the type of people in your audience what
2: yeah yeah we look like, like, like we entertain white people and they're far well, from our right. audience you, you know what i'm saying
0: like you guys did so well with ralphie because i serve at a comedy club so like when you do so many weekends you see like oh guy, you guys would actually go really well with Ralphie. totally you see what the audiences look like. Yeah. So what do you think, what would you say that your audience looks like, and did you see that your audience was starting to like be a certain type of people, or did you think you were going to market
3: them to one way or another? Go or ahead, Marshall. Uh, I mean, I feel like your audience kind of finds you, in a way. Like, I feel like a lot of com- comedy is genuinely just being yourself. So yeah. I feel like people, you're going to find your audience. There's going to be a lot of people who definitely do not like you. Like, I, I definitely would look like I have a young audience, stand-up-wise. I don't like performing for like college age students at all. I would prefer to to do a show full of like thirty five year olds personally. So I mean, it's just it's 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 being who you are, and they're 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 really just gonna find you on your own.
1: So the audience finds you more than you branding yourself try and try to market. Yeah, you I
3: mean, you you market. can you can go after a specific demographic, but if it's not natural to you, then it's not gonna you stick that way. You. Yeah. Your audience finds you, and then you just kind of look at your audience like, okay. My people. Audience Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Right. Well, for us though, like. Uh, and you can't just go base it off race like, uh, you know. We can. Uh, but for us, it don't work. White people, uh, God bless you, you're not our crowd. It's most of the time. Most of the time. And, and, you know, you would think that we are blue-collar comics. We're actually, because we grew up in an urban environment in uh, 45 miles east of Los Angeles in, uh, in, in an area called the Inland Empire. It's a hodgepodge. Looks like a fucking NATO meeting. Got some of everybody, right? So we had to build our material based off that. We don't really relate too much to white folks because we didn't grow up around white folks. And I'm not talking just black folks. I'm talking everybody. But but we learned, right? Because we were fortunate, like we said. So we went to 48 states with Ralph. So on the tour bus, like, for instance, we were going to his town. He's like, all right, very white. So they're not going to understand this this and this and we do our research we'd always look up demographics shit towns do your homework on the town that you're going to especially if you've never been there before because there's a ghetto in every fucking suburb there's a a plush town in every suburb so we would do our homework and we would i'd be at the table and i would be telling all the comics on the bus all the facts of the the town we're going to i'd tell them what the demographic is the population the elevation murders murders we go through anything and everything the internet's a beautiful thing do your homework. Because I'm not telling you to do all local material, but it's good to work some local material into your material and your local material you do in your hometown, just throw that shit in the fucking trash can when you go on the road because no one gives a fuck like about it. Like I'll give you an example. If you're doing Uber jokes, the Uber's not in every city in the United right. States, I can assure you of that shit. Like Eastern Washington, you're getting a blue cab and they're charging you 50 bucks to go two fucking miles. So you gotta know because, you you know, not they're not gonna understand. Like Mexicans, for instance, we grew up a lot of Latinos in New york there is none they're called puerto ricans it's a whole nother thing there's a whole nother i'm being serious though yeah. we didn't know we ate dicks for two nights and ralph goes what are y'all doing right like, mexican jokes he goes there is none, you idiots." <laughs> he's all they stop mexicans stop in texas he's, he's, he's like, he's like, the mexicans get tired they don't go past texas
1: yeah i was i i'm i'm a storyteller style of my stand-up Shh. in the yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Call back to last night. Oh, fuck, that was so great. Oh, you guys don't know how great that was. All right, fucking uh, <laughs> lost my train of thought. No. Uh, most people, most people say my like, like my standup is like if you're at a bar with someone, you know, a buddy, just telling stories and shit like that. Um, I will say the black community. I think for both of us, actually, you guys too, though. Uh, like all minorities, a lot of your guys. Uh, uh, but like for me and Matt, um, like I did, we did the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition, and I remember when I moved to L.A., I got more hookups from the comics that I met from the Bay Area Black Comedy Competition than anybody else, and. Uh, but it, and it's weird because I don't like when I I do a lot of black rooms but I don't I don't do pandering shit like I, there's nothing I hate more than a white comic in a black room that'll be like a, like oh I have good credit and I have a small dick and I can't dance and all that fucking horse shit and not, none of us do that pandering shit um, so it's like yeah I mean I, I think you're you know, if I if I go to uh, if i go to do a show and somebody comes to the show and they're expecting political jokes, they're not going to get those, so they're not going to come see me again. Which is fine. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, your your audience, you know, there's you're going to do shows that nobody has any idea who you are. Like maybe you're opening for a big name and they came to see the big name, but then you rip it, and then now you have a, a fan for life. Yeah,
2: that's what's up. Ralphie would tell us all the time. He's like, look. Nobody knows you in this town. They came here to see me. They're going to leave loving you, baby. Now go out there and steal the show. We'd call it STS, steal the show. Yeah. Ralphie encouraged us. Not all headliners do that. Where you, they, you encourage your opener to go in there and blow the fucking room apart and leave the energy up here. Yes. And that, that, then the headliner has to work harder, but then you know they're a kick-ass headliner. When they can pick up the room from right where you left it, way the fuck up here, and take it even higher, the crowd leaves just the greatest show they ever seen. They're buying merch. They're drunk. People are getting laid after the show. They're doing the Lord's work. You know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm saying? <laughs> Let me ask uh, Ben. Did you have a question? Yeah. Um, how do you guys look at content distribution like with regards to brain integrity? What like, do you guys think uh, you know, it? we don't personally post uh for us uh talking chad and i we don't post too many clips and throw away good material for free on youtube and shit you guys can all do that we purposely don't by design because if it's that good we're waiting for some payday we're not going to just throw something away to get a million hits we've done it before we're not doing it again we got shit from it Mm. right how many times did we throw away one time we did this bit fucking 2.8 million views, right? It was so good that it was a waste. You couldn't put it back on a special because it's already been seen by a couple million people. So you got to be careful on what you put out there. And if it's garbage, Jesus Christ, show some people before you post it. <laughs> yeah,
3: you that's, know? that's that's really tough, because there's definitely a lot of perks to both sides. Like If you save your material, obviously, now you're going to have a bomb-ass special. But if some people aren't going to get that special True. for a long time. You may have 10 killer minutes. You could post them as like 10. Ooh one minute bits or whatever and that could go viral and now you now you have a million followers and now people are coming to see you live it makes you have to work harder or write more but i mean both of them have their uh i their agree sides. you just have to you just have to make that choice you well think, said if you think you're getting a special next year save it if you're just trying to build your fan base post the shit out there you
1: know? i um i after i rec- i recorded an album i think it was in 2014 or something and uh kind of to challenge myself but also to you know put content out there for some reason, the the domain jokeaweek.com was available, and a jokeaweek.com was available. So I bought them both, and for a year. Uh, every week I would, I would film me working out a new bit and I would do like a self-interview like this is the joke I'm doing this week and I'd show film of me doing it at open mics and then by the weekend maybe doing it on a show and then I would close it out be like, you know, this is what I like about where it's at so far, this is where I think I can go with it, blah, blah, blah. And every week I would do that for 52 weeks and it was fucking, oh God, this guy knows with me, I was fucking grinding. But it was good because it was creating new um, writing, you know, I'm writing new jokes. And the people that are watching it aren't getting the full joke. Because I would say, I go, these aren't necessarily going to be the funniest things, because I'm working it out. And this isn't the end product that you're seeing. Um, and the tagline was like, building a new hour one week at a time. And it, uh, yeah. And so I'm, and I'm actually thinking about doing it again. ANDREW, it just, Andrew
3: uh, SCHULTZ DID a, a BRILLIANT IDEA. You guys know Andrew in yeah, yeah. New York? He does the Brilliant Idiots Podcast. He did this thing this year called 52 Weeks of Comedy, where he did a new minute bit every single week and now I mean he built an entire hour on yeah. it. he posted it every single week the stuff will get thousands of views and uh, now he's selling out every glove in the country
2: that's what's good about comedy and to answer your question everybody in this room and everybody listening whatever has done their own fucking way yeah you uh, take no little, right or wrong you take a little bit from everybody it doesn't mean our way is the right way it doesn't mean your way is the right way or Ralphie or we can name a million people but the good thing is is like educate yourself this weekend, what's good about this weekend, you guys, is socialize. No shit. Socialize with like, all these We people. never, like Was he saying last night, we were at the Orpheum, we sat in the green room. And we, and the show was great. I'm not shitting on the show, but the show we had, for us in the green room, oh. was the greatest fucking three, four hours Dude. ever. I haven't seen Handsome, and that's what we call him, Handsome, we haven't uh, seen Handsome. Oh, man, him I haven't handsome.
1: seen you for a while. And we
2: haven't been, <laughs> we're not in the same room with him, so it's cool when you can see all these awesome comics in one room. And, and and go to as many shows as possible make friends because if you're going to be in the business you guys are going to run across each other again i guarantee it so that's what you know we took from it and we're kind of bummed tomorrow. we're still we to like uh, tonight we got the one show and we're going to pop into other people's shows tonight sit in the audience and just watch we came into this room the first night wednesday or thursday night this fucking room was jam-packed with people uh, and and there was a great comedy show in this room so um Take advantage of the networking and socializing, and and throw your hand up and introduce yourself. You know, uh, it's great meeting new people, and you may have seen them on TV or heard them or watched their show. But network, socialize, and and uh, and you're gonna learn some stuff from this weekend. I guarantee it. It's been great. We've. Yeah. I'm kinda of pissed it's over almost, you know? Yeah. We're almost wrapping up with
1: yeah, you Just a second yeah. that. So the other side of it, when you have that power, are you guys looking to the traditional methods of distribution for stand-up or are you looking on the sides and newer independent methods of distribution uh, because you have more established follow-up?
2: For us because we want to own it, so we'd probably do it ourselves and then sell it to someone because we've they, already sold it before know. and quite honestly for what we got and what the network got for what they did with it, twofold. They fucking uh, Our Showtime special is still got just signed for five more years and it's with Andrew Dice Clay. That shit is on on demand. And yeah, we get little payments, but the little check that we get uh, was nothing in the big scheme. So our next special that we're ready to film immediately, we're going to sell on our own. That way, we're the ones who own the shit. We're the ones and yeah, you got to put up more capital. So if you're thinking you're going to do that, you may want to Start selling drugs or something and get your game up because uh, I mean, I'm not even bullshit. that this shit is expensive. Filming stuff is expensive. Yeah. The production to run this festival, this wasn't you know, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Hillary and her crew put together a whole fucking year worth of effort for this to happen, yeah. this shit. And they're still going to work. After we're gone, the fucking place needs to be cleaned up. They're going to have to bleach sheets for a mile around here. You know.
1: This.
0: Let me go to the, the production. So like when you're making your video, and you're talking about doing it on your own, which I think is smart, right? But one of the things that you learn is like there's pre production, there's post production. So um, creative people usually are good at the upfront like, what jokes am I going to put? How's it going to look? What am I going to wear? But that post production, that is the hardest part. You got to
2: find somebody who has experience and someone who's done post production. That's, That's where your money's going to come in. Mm. Like, yeah, you'll film it and say it costs you 20 grand to film because the theaters. The Orpheum wasn't free. Right. Okay, the right. shows last night—you don't just get to go. Hey, fucking Orpheum, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna smoke weed in the back of your shit, and do a dope show. The twins are gonna give out dildos, and then we're gonna have uh, Nick DiPaolo destroy the place. No, it costs money to to rent it out from the staff to the bar to the janitor to the lighting to the sound. I could go on and on and on to the people checking your ID for the—they check me four times. I'm 21. You know, all that shit, all that shit that goes on all costs money. So Hillary and and the crew had to set money aside to handle that. That handles this amount of comics. Then they had to produce the shows here. So, yeah, you got to know. So when I said, and I wasn't joking about get your money up, get your game up, because if you don't have someone that's going to buy the special, like we were fortunate, they gave us a flat fee. They filmed it. They produced it. They sold it to Showtime. They did it all. They got the payday. Good. God bless them. We got on TV. We benefited. Our next time, we want to have the payday. We'll take the head and, and we go. want final say on the edits. Bingo, right. that's what's because important. Yeah. They they actually changed and and if you watch the special, you wouldn't know. But, but when you know. sell your material, doesn't mean that order you told your jokes is the order that shit's gonna come out on your special or They'll your taglines. They can get rid of all of them. It's whatever they fuck some guy in a fucking cubicle, fucking drinking Red Bull, you know, making his fucking decisions. That's why we want to do it. We want us. We want to our vision is what we want to see on our special. But and it took ha- us 16 years to probably be able to afford to do that.
0: But, but is there a, like a book or a resource or just other than asking, like on that post-production, I'm talking about like once you make it, like how and do you de- deliver it? Do you, well, you do gotta, it digital? Yeah, you got to pay. So that's topic? why I was
2: saying where the money comes in, because it, say it, it costs 20 grand for the Orpheum, right? 20 Gs to film it, uh, camera crew, oh, makeup. So not. you got to set money up. It's going to cost you 50 plus, 50,000 plus to put out a special. If you want to reap the benefits of bringing home the money at the end. If you don't want to do that or you don't have those resources or connections, you don't have a choice like we didn't have a choice. Oh, you're going to give us ten thousand dollars and put us on Showtime. Thank you. And then you look back and you see your shit on Showtime five years later and someone's still making money on that. You already spent that 10K. Fuck, you got insufficient fund fees. You know what I'm saying? So you got to take advantage, but stack your chips. And the, the post production is gonna cost money, five grand for editing. Then you gotta have artwork for your DVD, you gotta have distribution. The list goes on and on and Online. on to where it could cost you $100,000. And say you make, you sell it to Netflix, I'm just throwing fake numbers. Say you sell it for $150,000. You went through all that work, it cost you hundred dollars to put it out, you made 50 grand. Was it worth it? Yeah, because why? You did it on your on your fucking own, mm. you know? So if you want that accomplishment, like that's what we're striving for in 2019, our material's ready right now. We could film tonight at that fucking college tonight our special if we had the capability and we are ready to put it down. But we don't have the all the capital that's involved yeah. to put it out. To the correctly. quality we want. You could do a $5,000 whatever special. But the special we want, we we have our ideas. We need to put up our money. So that's what we've been doing. On the road, we take all of our T-shirt money, and it goes into our business account. We don't spend it like we used to on strippers, and that's why I'm divorced. But, you know.
1: <laughs> and also, is there is, who are you doing it for? I, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I when I did my album in 2013 or whatever, I didn't, I did a. I I did it just cuz i wanted to get these fucking jokes on and get stop doing these jokes my album was literally called "Jokes I Don't Want to Do Anymore," and uh, I fucking, I just wanted to fucking get it over with. Yeah, and uh, I recorded it, and I was like, "Okay, these fucking jokes are dead. I don't want to do anymore." But I didn't do it thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna sell these and I'm gonna have make millions off this." I honestly was, it literally was just like, "I don't want to do these jokes anymore. I want to fucking get these on uh, so they're down, and then I can, you know, hand them out fucking as coasters after the show if I want you, to, you know."
3: Did you put them on a digital platform?
1: Um, yeah yeah what'd you put it on uh i'll i'll you can get it on amazon and all that shit but i honestly i don't even necessarily push it it's just it, it was it was more for me you know so i mean i think that's one thing you gotta think about too is like uh where am i like if i'm two years into stand-up let's say and i'm i'm like ah fuck for some by some miracle i have an hour of material in two years and i'm going to do an album is anybody give a fuck you know uh is is anybody gonna buy it well you gotta be ready
2: my brother and i in 2006 we slept on the sidewalk for last comic standing we had a set uh at the melrose hollywood improv uh it was thursday night uh the audition started monday Uh, We we were inside the improv we did our 10 minute set and I remember I seen a flyer and it said uh, you know Monday morning at 7 a.m. I told my brother I go we should get in this line right now. He's all, what line there is no line I go we need to be first motherfucker. So we got in line from our set slept on the sidewalk wasn't even prepared And got in line that Thursday we were number one in 2006 to be seen at last comic standing We were in the game handful of years four years probably at the time did we were we ready? I'm telling. I'm being honest with you, and don't be discouraged. Fuck no, <laughs> fuck no. We weren't ready. We thought we were ready. We went in there. We got good. We made it to the quarter, the quarterfinals, but we got booted out. What did that teach us, though? We slept on the sidewalk for three days. All the the audition, the the anxiety, the stress. How to how to perform for TV. Like, you know, there's cameras in your face. You're not fucking looking at it. Yeah, there's cameras swinging around you. You can't even acknowledge the camera that you can hear and feel and the wind from the motherfucker swinging around you. Uh, People everywhere, you just got to focus on the crowd and do your thing and kind of zone the fuck out. It took us so many times to figure that shit out. And that's what I'm saying. When you're a young comic, you're going to keep learning. And I heard someone say, maybe at her panel, yeah, at Kathy's panel yesterday, it takes seven, eight years. I think you said seven years. And we agree 100%. Yeah, at, we do. You could call yourself a comic, but I, I think we're a little old school. Like, you know, like you are saying, seven years, then you kind of figure out, are you in this? Or are you just a fucking shipbuilder and you're some hobbyist taking fucking stage time from somebody else? You know what I mean? After seven years, you kind of figure out who you are. I know what to do now. You know, certain crowds. What and you've you know. networked enough to where you know, you know certain people. You know that... Um, Uh, what's good about a festival you kind of should when you when you take someone's number down this weekend you should put uh matt rife los angeles big J. you just put see you know whoever whoever's in seattle whoever's here and that's the good thing is that way when you're touring the country and you're like oh fuck i met i met the twins over there in flagstaff arizona i'm going back to flagstaff let me hit them up or i'm going to phoenix i'm going to new york i'm going and that's what's good because you can network and hit them up in advance maybe they could get you some stage time
1: you know, yeah, so much of this shit is relationships. Like, they're they're doing a, a show up in Bellevue, Washington at the club that I used to be the house MC at. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, promoting and shit. And I'm like, all right, about two weeks out, just remind me. And then I'm going to help promote it because I have a lot of people that I, you know, know up there. And then also from this relationship, I'm like, oh, fuck. Tyler Smith runs the dope show in Seattle. Maybe you can piggyback a night that you can get paid to do stand-up while you're up there, you know? But
2: it's very important not to cut you off when we can do, you can run your shit. But you gotta, you, you, you got you to gotta take advantage of these moments because, quite honestly, these festivals, there's not too many of them. And even if you don't get into Just for Laughs, last year we showcased three times. We didn't get in. Were we discouraged? Fuck, no. Will we, will we uh, showcase again in 2019? You're damn right. We, we flew up to Canada before. You are not even on the festival. Save your three, four, five thousand dollars. That's your vacation that year. You go up to just for laughs. You're in the same parties as all these people who got paid to be there, got flown there. You're there. You're networking. Then you know uh, certain comics. They're going to introduce you to people. You find out who's Netflix, who's Hulu, who's Amazon Prime, who's Comedy Central, who's you know uh, MTV. You know all this shit, and then you put it together and. And uh, make notes, and God bless these phones, because you can do voice memos and then listen to them later. It's it, it's not you don't have to get a pen and paper out. It's so quick. You can just give yourself a voice message and listen to it. So, take advantage of these little moments. is 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 the biggest thing that you could do for branding and build yourself and be proud of yourself. And and it's okay to to fail because we've all failed miserably. Uh-huh. And I still we still fail.
0: Let me ask because we're gonna wrap this up. Does anyone else have a quick question or anything else or something that you want to cover? or? You do? Yes. Yes, ma'am.
3: Um, I wanted to uh,
2: ask, um, do, so do you agree like, with, um, what, with comics
3: now just to sell your ship yourself yeah. instead of waiting
2: for somebody to come in? I mean- we do because we've waited, and we've played that game, and we've been fortunate. We have two other specials that someone came to us and approached us. When we did... Uh, Filthy Animals with Ralphie May Showtime came a year later because Dice seen it. Dice hit up Ralphie's management. So shit does happen like that. It's been almost three years for us. Nothing. We've been offered little shit, like little 15-minute specials and things financially. It's not worth it to us to throw that material away for that dollar amount because we're setting a value for ourselves. So I'm not saying that it's good or bad. We've actually... Talked about regret, like, goddamn, we should have took that fucking deal, you know, as we're driving to the next show. But then in the long run, you're holding out for something that you believe in, and that's more important than anything. So we, we, we agree with you. And then, shit, you could sell a special now on your own. You could shoot it yourself. Oh, yeah. You could edit it yourself. You could do everything <laughs> yourself. You really yeah. don't need anybody, but you need capital. Yeah. Without money, you aren't shit. What
3: about audio, though? would we'll take as much on the audio. CK well, yeah. and Bill just you can just download the totally. But they
2: have the fan base that'll buy it right away, and that's the thing. You know, they have enough. They go, they people, the content. They just want more content. But if you don't have the fan base, uh, you're hoping and praying that someone's going to share it. Uh, Trix is a good example. I would stick around later. Trix is a social media fucking master. So, Trix will film a video, uh, a sketch this weekend off shit that we were fucking around, and he'll get three, four, five th- hundred thousand hits overnight. Trix is great at that. Trix is a character. Trix doesn't, uh, the way he talks and the, his gimmick, it, it's the greatest, you know? So some people are those people you see on stage and some people aren't. My brother and I, we, we portray these fucking filthy animals and sometimes we are and then other times when we're home, like I have a family, where they the polar opposite. So don't believe the hype, but... you're you're a thousand percent correct you just need to choose what avenue you want do you want to wait for someone to come to you or do you want to make your shit happen on your own for us we've been in it long enough now we're making our own shit happen and uh because that's what we want to do we've already done it the other way you know i don't know if that's right or wrong but that's what we're doing for now that's our goal for 2019 is we're producing our own shit we're on our own now and we've learned a lot and we're focused on the new Smash Brothers, our new evolve of who we are, and and, and our past comedy specials, and, and and we can I'll stop after this. It was dirty material. Our new shit isn't as dirty to prove to the community that we're not just dirty, filthy animals. Like people last night probably came to the dirty show thinking that's all we do is give out dildos and call whores whores and whatever. That's uh, kind of what we do.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we actually we have. Material And so like tonight will be completely different. And that's what's good about a festival. You could do a show here and you could go do different material over there and show these people who are watching you. So if they if you if someone in this room seen us three times, four four times this weekend, I can assure you all four sets were completely fucking different. And that's because we have the material to do that. You know, we focused on that and wrote it like that.
1: I just wanted to say one thing about, were you about to say something? No, I was <laughs> t- <laughs> um, uh, it, it goes back to the relationships things about, uh, you know, as you're coming up, be with the, whoever it is on the staff, uh, <laughs> whoever it is you meet at Open Mics, uh, the comics, uh, always be kind to those people. I, an example Paige is the booker at the improv. She used to be a waitress at the Tempe Improv. Um, Adam Genovesian, who's now I think he's like a partner. yeah he's ICM. a partner at ICM. He used to be a fucking open micer in Boston, and now he's fucking he's he's a partner at ICM. So you never know who you're gonna b- work with that you know could I mean Chelsea Handler's a perfect example like. Uh, Coming up, she, when she had Chelsea Lately, she brought all those people she used to grind at the mics with, which I have so much respect for anybody that does that. Chelsea Handler has done that. Kevin Hart's done that with his his cup boys or whatever the fuck Adam they call Sandler's
2: them. Adam Sandler does it with yeah. all his boys.
1: Yeah, and like these guys fucking have given so many opportunities to comics. And that's another thing I wanted to say, too, is w- when whenever one of you blows up, fucking give back. Give back Always. to those, yeah. Always. Always. Probably the most yeah.
2: important thing that probably got said is that. Because if you don't, and you just if you don't, karma's gonna get you. You have to give back, otherwise this business eventually it'll stop. The senior class has to graduate, and if it doesn't happen, the same thirty guys that are making the money, women too, they're making the money. We ha- you have to give back to your features and, and bring somebody new, and that's why we're firing Mark. He's not with us no more, so we're looking for somebody.
1: God, I've been waiting for that. But
2: i want to say one more thing too. I know, I know you want to wrap it up. This is my only bit of advice I want to say because Ra- Ralphie preached it. Be nice to every staff member at every comedy club because that waitress could be the goddamn manager next year. I just said and, that. Hold on. Because you try to fuck them all. You try to fuck them all. What I, the point is, the point is, my shit. The point is you, I write all your shit. Listen. What I'm saying is, and. and, and Like Corey said it a little bit earlier, if you're in the green room and you have a bunch of, you know, chicks like this guy does and you're ordering Patron, now you went from a $2,000 act to a $3,500 act in cost because you're charging it up. So just always remember that. When you leave, they're going to talk about you. That's fact. The staff's going to know we didn't make shit. Fuck that guy. So you just got to kind of keep that in mind and always be humble and uh, I'm done talking because I'm going to be
0: famous. I'm going to let you wrap up one second, but I can, let me co-sign that because I used to work at a club where you guys came all the time and the staff used to go crazy when you guys would come because we knew, we knew that it was going to be a good weekend. We knew there was going to be no drama and we knew that the people coming out to see you, they would come early because they fucking loved you guys. They would love you guys. And we still
2: have friends. We're still friends. I know the staff you're talking about, we're still friends with a lot of those people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I mean, what you're saying because there were some headliners that come through and you're like, everyone wanted to call in sick. Nobody wanted to be there, be around them. So it's it impacted important. the manager. Did
3: you have something you wanted so we can wrap it up? Oh, no, mean, I was just going to say, I don't drink Patron. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> um, uh, no, just that Yeah, fucking great advice. It's, it costs nothing to be nice and it costs nothing to be on time. That's my oh. really advice. I didn't so. know I was Jack doing Jesus. this. Bitch. Well, that, that
1: wasn't a low blow, I was just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I didn't know I was
0: doing this. I had no idea. I was walking down the street. All right, so, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. We're going to wrap it up here, but, you know, the, the hardest thing about comedy is being able to get along with other people, and it is important to be kind, and it's hard, because these people are fucking crazy sometimes, so oh, yeah. it is hard, so, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I can always say this. When you meet a headliner that is genuinely want to do this and they care about the crap, and you ask them, they'll always answer. And then you meet a headliner that's just a dickhead, you know that's somebody that's not going to last a long time. And that
1: correlates to also the good headliners versus the shit ones. Usually the ones that that are shitty people are also shitty fucking comics. They're bitter and they're fucking, yeah. Yeah, so we are. Yeah,
2: and they got shitty weed,
0: too. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) fine. So we're going to end this here, but God bless you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Gracias.